in case our founders would know these things before, uh, the life would be much more easier for everyone. Don't put everything in one version of your application, start small. You can't be the owner of a digital product without knowing the industry at all. You need to start with the team and team will show you the direction where to go. You are listening to Building Digital Products, a podcast that helps innovators and entrepreneurs to create successful digital solutions from idea to market. This podcast is brought to you by LinkUp Studio, a software development company which created more than 100 successful digital solutions. Hello everyone, nice to see you on our channel. Today with Andre, we wanted to talk about what you need to know before starting your own software development product. The same like in the grade school, yeah, the best way to prepare for the app development is to do your homework. For sure that you don't need to know everything about development services and development process, but still you are more likely to maximize your investments with app development fear when you're knowledgeable. So Andre, what do you think about our topic today? Well, okay, uh, first of all, for those who listen to us, just keep in mind that this is not the, you know, checklist of step-by-step uh, -step things, but that's definitely something that you for sure will know. And in case you start software development without this knowledge, well, uh, most probably you will just spend more money and more time and more efforts than in case you do. So, well, listen to carefully and we will try to explain you the most, one of the most important things you actually just need to know. Something is very obvious, maybe for someone something is not, but still for the all years that we are working with uh, software development and with digital products, uh, we realized that those, like, you know, in case our founders would know these things uh, before, uh, the life would be much more easier for everyone including, first of all, them. Yeah, I agree with you. And actually, from such obvious thing I want to start, and it is uh, set up your goal. So you have to understand where you're going and you have to communicate your goals with your team in order you both was on the same page and the final result was the same as you expected. So think about like visualize your uh, product. Think about what features you want to have in it. Like what results you want to get at the end. Like what value you will give to your business or to your users. So try to set up uh, measurable goals which are like possible to do in the timely manner. So be realistic, it have to be short, but it have to be like up to the expectation on you, of you and all the people who are involved in this process. So set up the goal, it's very important because it is something from which you will then build all your next steps. Yeah, something important that I would like to add that realistic goals actually help you to move on because well, motivation is not endless. You know, there are thousands of videos about motivation in this world, but I believe the best motivator is when you get to some kind of some some results. And in case you wanted to make a few millions dollars in, you know, three days, and then three days passed and you're like, oh, I don't have three millions, I quit. It's like, well, okay, this is not, this is, was not realistic. Hard to tell the good uh, solution to the problem, how to set up uh, realistic goals in the order not to make it too easy 
well, I mean, I don't know. I actually don't know. But still uh, having some kind of the smaller goals before the big one uh, is, is just the right way of doing things. So, well, next thing that you need to know, it's about like, for whom are you doing this? Like, who is your customer? And this is, again, super obvious thing, uh, which a lot of people forget. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of individuals, right, who start some kind of the businesses, who start some kind of digital businesses or not digital, actually doesn't matter here. They are doing things because they like doing them. And this is cool. This can work as for the hobby, but this is not about like building business, About not about building product. I mean, your product need to be like someone must have a need in this except you. And logic in the sense like, only like if I needed someone else needed is well not always right. So just you know uh, there are three F: friends, family, and foolish. Ask them, like ask them do do they need it? Are they ready to pay for that? And uh, in case they tell yes, well try to make some kind of the simple prototype. One of our digital product that we recently uh, launched, they make their demo by Google Spreadsheets. So they just made the right structure in the Google Spreadsheets and then go to the potential customers mm -hmm. and uh, they love that structure. And only after that they start investing money into building the real digital product. Well. A uh, very obvious thing, you will hear it anywhere, but we could not just put, not to tell about this because, well, then this list will be just not full here. That's it. Yeah, so you do, don't have to uh, hide your idea, right? You have to tell to the people in order to get oh, the for feedback. Sure. Those people who are afraid, like, <laughs> oh, they will steal my idea. Come on, guys, idea costs nothing at all. Like, thousand of ideas born and die every, every single day. It doesn't matter. It's all depend from execution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fully agree with you. And the next one, like which is very important, I believe, it is actually a different type of the budgeting model. And I believe that for our visitors of our channel, it is very interesting topic. Like yeah. how much money I have to pay and like how much the development will cost and like what models are exist. Later, sorry, uh, later mm -hmm. we will have another record in which we will explain how software development, like how 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 it right to calculate it, and uh, then it will help you to calculate. But right now we're going to talk you about to tell you about like basically the models which is which exist, which is the most popular. And before doing any software development, you need to understand which model is best for you. So yeah, Oksana, please begin. Yeah, so I will try. Uh, I will start from the most popular one. It is a fixed price model and it is work the same as it sounds. So you have to pay a fixed amount of budget to the software development company in order they to provide you results, del deliver the results based on the scope of work. So for this model, very important from you as a product owner to be very clear about the scope of work which have to be done because this model didn't allow you to be agile. So your project have to have a strict list of requirements and there is no opportunity to change something because if you will change something, it will not already will be a fixed price model. Uh, also, fixed price is very comfortable because you feel secure and safe because you understand that you will not over pay and you for your amount of budget you will receive this that result in exact deadlines very important so you know how much you will pay and when you will receive the ready product but in this model there are one thing that mostly all software development company will put 
at least 25% to the risk. So you will yeah. have like 25% higher budget than by other budgeting models because they have to like predict the risk which may appear for example we, 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 which is never predictable <laughs> yeah so uh, they do, if they don't know they don't understand the scope fully they will put this risk on your budget and it is something for what you can overpay oh yeah and 25 percent by by the way we take it from the real life like we put in at least 25 percent of the risk into our project and by the way for those who listen to us it's not much at all it, like as, as far as i know mostly in the market uh, like other companies not link up, they put in like more, sometimes even 50%. Why are they doing so? Well, you need to understand that the software development is always something that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And even in case you feel like you have the scope, well, Apple update iOS and half of your things just doesn't work anymore. And that's it. Uh, you don't know about that kind of things. And I'm not try even talking about the simple like uh, human risk in the sense that, I don't know, uh, developers just not qualified enough mm -hmm. you know th that's also true i mean that that's happening and you you need to understand that someone got thickness or whatever and that's also actually expand the budget and and all of that kind of stuff so in the fixed price model you don't care mm -hmm. you have you have uh, something that defined on the paper and again that must be defined and you you get this in the end of the day the worst case scenario that you you still get your product, but just later, because well, time it's time. Uh, it, it's always uh, it's always escape from you. Uh, but in the sense of the money, you are fully protected. Well, in that thing, you can't do too much changes. I mean, each time when you do changes, the right BA or project manager or whatever who is responsible uh, that depend will tell you like, okay, this is not the part of the scope can we expand our scope? And you actually can, because you mentioned you can. Well, you can, just keep in mind that each of that expansion obviously change your price and timeline and all of that kind of things. Yeah, so to make a conclusion of the fixed price, if you don't have exact mockups, specification, user stories and project plan, fixed price is not a good option. If your project are small with clear defined list of the future and with the little risk of changing the system, the things so the fixed price will be a good choice for you yeah for sure and it's worked very good for the startups for those who who wanted to like for the startups uh, and now we're going to take tell you a little bit about the models that work for the running businesses support and like bigger bigger startups the next cooperation model which i want to discuss is the time and material which is completely different from the fixed price rather than pay a fixed sum for a project you are paying for the exact time which team works with your product so it allows you to be very agile in the direction of the product development. You can change the features, you can change the direction of the development, like you can change the priorities. So it is very good uh, for the project who don't have the full vision at the beginning. So the product owner don't know exact direction of the development. So he can start working right away with the team and make the things how it's like based on the market feedback and like based on the progression of the product. Well, I something I have to add here. Well, it's also very good working for the for the support projects, right? And those who are very agile. So in those marketed who are changes. And so in case you have the real money that coming to you, uh, you can take this model and uh, be sure that uh, in the in that moment that you need it, you will have someone who will implement the features you need. And the next model is, well, I call it budgeting. And here is something very important to understand. 
lots of people in the world mixed it or mis mistype, misspell, you know, I mean, you got me, right? <laughs> they uh, they think this is the time and material. And here is the very, very basic and very main difference between time and material and budgeted model. In time and material, you pay per hours. So in case uh, your team work like, I don't know, 12 hours per day because they got some kind of the very complicated release, you pay for every hour. So that's some kind of the overtime. And, and in the end of the month, you having like, well, big invoice in the end of the month, right? And in case you don't have enough job for your team, well, they do nothing, and then you don't pay for it. And lots of our product owners, lots of our customers of Linkers, they just love it because sometimes they have, you know, a lot of work, well, then they pay for it. And sometimes there are not so much work and they don't pay. Uh, well, they're saving money in this case. So uh, what is the budget and why it's different? I know that in the US, people just love it. Despite the fact that they are, first of all, uh, the product owner and the customer is always responsible to be sure that software development team have enough job. Why? Because, and here is the exact thing, they are paying the fixed price every month for certain number of team members in the team. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, you have like one designer, one quality assurance engineer and three developers. There are some kind of the fixed budget for those people. Those people are exclusively yours. They don't, they can't work on any other projects or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know that you're paying the like X amount for those amount of people. But in case you don't have enough job for designer, well, you still pay for mm -hmm. that designer because he is like exclusively dedicated for you. And uh, well, you may ask, so well, why it's why why people in US love it? Because uh, it's just it's just the you know stereotype. Well, because it's a certainly like that every month you have that fixed cost, and even in case you have very you know complicated release and team worked over time, well, customer don't care about that. Well, uh, not in the sense of emotional, most probably he care and appreciate, but in the sense of the budgeting, he still pay the same money. So the risk here, be sure that you have enough job for that kind of team, right? And the advantages here much more higher, certainly than in the standard time and material. In fact, in the end of the day, time and material and the budgeting system, they are like same. Mm -hmm. So like in case you will take the whole year, well, uh, the expenses would be the same, but lots of people, they love this certainly that every month they will spend X amount and never more, mm -hmm. which is which is, which is is good. So, well, that's very briefly about three main models. So again, the fixed price, which has worked very good for the startups, time and material who work for the, like existing businesses or larger startups and the budgeting model who also are uh, good for the businesses and larger startups. But again, that's, that's more depend from, you know, uh, customer willing, I believe. Yeah, and uh, I think that also very important things which we ca have to mention here, it is that like what we are talking here, it is a general. Every software development company can uh, decide and set in stone their different terms for each uh, type of this model. So they can make adjustments and you can have like some advantages or disadvantages for each model in different companies. Oh yeah, that's for sure. That That's also, but that's just, you know, too long to discuss. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for, yeah for sure. And Andre, I would like to ask you, who is that? <laughs> uh -huh. 
Okay. <laughs> for, for someone who who not uh, see us but only listen to us, well, guys, just open YouTube and then you will understand everything. But here with us is our small talisman, the most knowledgeable guy or girl or whatever. Uh, I'm not <laughs> something. sure. So, something. And th- this guy know everything. He know everything. He inspire us and he is the quintessence, uh, I hope this word exists in English, <laughs> of everything that we know. And well, we're going to ask him about all of the numbers, all about statistics, because he knows everything what's happening around the world for all of the globe. So in case we will need his help, we will ask him. And for now, he's always with us uh, from from now and forever. <laughs> okay, Andre, but he don't have mouse. How he... How he will t- tell us something? Oh, we, we, we will see. We will see. I don't know. I always listen to him. I always, <laughs> I always hear him, and everyone li- hear him. But he don't have a mouse. Let's see how it's going to work. Okay, interesting, interesting, Andre. <laughs> okay, so I believe that also interesting, uh, important to say that what is the responsibility of the client on the during uh, app development process? So what you have to do in order to do whatever you can in order to make this development process smoothly and make your team success and your product success. So the first, what you have to do, it's pass project requirements to the team as clear as possible. So for sure that you don't have to define everything exactly because actually it is already the part of the business analysis thing, but you have to accurately describe like what requirements, what features you need on the system and uh, even better if you will make it in a text way in the list of the features and be very accurate in what you are talking about, like be be precise. Don't like try to, you know, to put everything in one version of your application, start small. Also, next thing, it is clarifying as many details as possible because during the development process always are some uncertainty and a lot of questions appear in development team. And you have to be always in touch with your team in order to clarify and ask questions when it is needed. So try to try to respond as fast as possible in order to avoid delays in the software development process and reach the best result with your team. Next one is uh, constantly review deliverables. So during the development process, your team will provide you different deliverables. So user stories, prototypes, first version or demo version of the software, and they expect you to tell something about it. Like many, many- Give a feedback, right? Yeah, yeah. Many product owners think actually that it is not such important. They just, you know, don't write like open feedback. Mm-hmm. And, but for like, we are development team, it's people and they want you to tell something them about work. So by your feedback, you can motivate them to make a better result and they actually will understand what's done good and bad. And at the end, it will give a better result to the product eventually. And it will be like exactly to your expectation, develop exactly to your expectation. And the last one, it is like, you are responsible for the budget. You have to control the budget, especially if we talk about time and material model where the budget are not set in stone and it can change based on the requirements which you're uh, giving to the team. So you have to control it and you have to pay invoices in time. It is very obvious, but again, we are people and you have to like paying for the work which team makes. And so don't hurt yourself and your team. Yeah. Well, uh, something uh, very important to mention here, uh, lots of people, they're thinking about, do I need to be the technical one? 
Like I wanted to build a digital product, but I am, I don't know, I have the low, low background. Do I need to learn like to code or whatever? No, of course you don't need to do this. But well, in case you wanted to develop a mobile application, you at least need to know what is App Store. So again, you don't need to go to university or some kind of the special courses, but well, read few articles about the technologies you are proposed about something. So try to find your own understanding of of the things in the technical manner. Again, you don't need to learn how to code or how to design or whatever. Well, but at least you need to understand the field mm-hmm. uh, because, well, you can't be the owner of a digital product without knowing the industry at all. Because in the end of the day, even in case you adapt some kind of the offline businesses to online, you at least need to understand the abilities of online what it gives to you. So I believe few articles of some kind of the tech crunch or whatever, and also a few beers with your like more technical <laughs> friends actually would, would help a lot. Yeah, I'm agreeing this is that you have to be knowledgeable in the software uh, stuff, but don't try to jump over your head because I had a situation with one of the product owner with whom I was communicating. He was a new one in the product development thing and he wanted to know everything. like every stage, what will be done in the every stage of his software, even considering this, his platform was planning very small one, like it mm. was around 10 screens, but he wants to know like how much money he have to pay for the server, which architecture we will use, which each component of architecture will do. And like, it was like a list of 35 questions, like every week, which he clarifying. So. Uh, I think that he was just doing, you know, read a lot of articles from different software companies and actually everyone proposed different models and different way of development thing. And he wanted to put it all together. And actually I saw in his eyes his, that he is just in house, you know, he just didn't know where to start because he already read so much of different information that he just like, yeah, he, he didn't start it, you know. To, 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 to be the, you know, the software, uh, the, the developer, right? The software developer in case yeah. you are not like in, in this case, I mean, just find someone you, you can trust. It's good to, to have the deep knowledge and, and try to understand. So like, just understand us right, guys. It's good to know that. But still, well, you're not trying to pass an exam, you're trying to build a product. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just, in this example, it already was the situation, which is already was too much, you know, like he wanted to make yeah. it too much. And I just told, told him that you need to start with the team and team will show you the direction where to go. So just trust your team and give them to do their job. So to educate you actually. The next thing is about, you know, let's have some plan. So it's slightly later in the timeline, but when you already know people with who you will work, well, you need to have the plan. So do you know who is Dwight Eisenhower? Linky, tell us, who is the Dwight Eisenhower? Dwight David Ike Eisenhower was an American military officer and statesman who served as the 34th President of the United States from 1953 to 1861. Dwight Eisenhower have the great quote, which I, which I like very much, and I will read In preparing for battle, I have always, Dwight Eisenhower, right? I have always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. Well. This is the great quote. You know why? Because that's the, that's the truth. And I can tell you from years of experience building digital products, it's never going to plan. 
Never. Like you like lost deadlines, something wrong happened, some kind of the new software released, which which is your software depend from. But when you do planning, you think about things ahead. Like you trying to solve problems inside of your head before they happen. And by this process, you exclude a lot of problems from your way. You avoid a lot of problems. And mm -hmm. this is very important. And uh, the product owners, they always need to have that kind of plan. Again, uh, this is something which is already the next step because you, you're supposed to set up that plan with your team already, but still, even before that, okay, how much, how much time I can allocate for this? What is my plan? Because a lot of people, uh, they do in their startups or some kind of the digital product. And, and by the way, not only startups, even in case we have the businessman with the real business, well, he need to find some kind of the time which he will allocate for the development of the digital product, right? Mm -hmm. And well, this is the plan. I mean, this is the plan, not only for development, but the, for the whole, you know, for the living, in case you have two kids at home. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you need to have a plan when you're going to be with the kids and when you're going to be with your product. This, this is already planning, all of that, tiny details supposed to be inside of your head. And then I believe I strongly recommend put in the paper on the paper to know what you will do after this. And as much details you will, you should not be paranoid, you know, but still as much details as you can reveal before the less problem you will have uh, in the, in the process. And you will have problem in the process. I mean, that's why, you know, like planning, like planning is not plan is important, but planning the process mm -hmm. itself is important. So like, you know, think before you do. Yeah. And it is actually uh, connected, uh, connecting together uh, with what I said uh, before about responsibility of the client. Like you have a lot of them there. So you and the most important, it is direct communication and continuous communication with your team. And for this, you need a time. So it is uh, correlate to the software, your software product success in the future. And the last topic for today, which I would like to discuss, it is uh, actually the team. We was talking a lot about the team today, but we didn't uh, dig deeper into it. And uh, there are different models also for the team, how you can create your team. So it can be team in-house, outsource, or it can be some independent freelancers whom you're connecting together. So you can have people from around the world who are working together on your product. And I would like to ask you, Andre, if you're your experience, like which model you think are like what type of the models we have and what advantages, disadvantages of it? Okay, well, the best model is just hire link up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Actually, yeah, uh, there are there are few few ways of doing that. And uh, I will try to explain uh, as most independently as I can uh, what, uh, what what is the actual difference. So first of all, your in-house team. Uh, big advantages and lots of, uh, for example, I have the great uh, partner from the New York and he always say that when you have in-house team, like they, they work exclusively like, for you, it, you don't have this, you know, vendor customer problem, like uh, they, they very focus only on your business and so on. So vice versa with freelancer or vice versa with uh, outsource team that sometime customer uh, product owners, they may 
they may have a feeling that his team, outsource team, not focus on their project. Like, and, and we do and whatever very, we can. And the uh, important may feel. So it's actually yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't mean they don't. don't but they yeah. may feel. And uh, when you have your in-house team, you're like, well, this is your employees. These advantages, well, obvious. Most probably that will be more expensive. Why? Because, well, uh, you have insurance expenses, you have sickness expenses, all of that kind of stuff. So that's, you have taxes for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's def like in-house team is the most expensive here. And to be honest, no guarantee that those people uh, will be more uh, efficient and more professional in the technical sense of you, right? Like feeling, I'm, I mean, you know, we sit in the one office and so on. Yes, that's okay. But come on, like we, we record this in uh, July 2021. Everyone was from home, still from home. So is there a real advantages in sitting in one office when you actually don't do this? Well, I mean, that's the question. The well, next one option. Uh, yeah. Also, I want to tell about this one as um, one thing. It is that when you have uh, in-house team who constantly working with one product, like for a few years, they just focus on one product type and one industry. Vice versa, when you have a team or people who worked on different products for different industries, they can be more creative in what they are doing, you know? So it is about disadvantages. So like when you have in-house team who always focus on one thing and when you have people who made a lot of different things and they can share this experience from different industries, from different product type to your product and give new value to your clients yeah, and that's users. Actually, that's actually a very good point. Thank you, Oksana. So the next one is uh, freelancers. Uh, freelancers are good in the sense that, uh, well, you don't pay, you, you pay them as the contractors and you pay only for the actual job, right? I mean, most probably you don't hire freelancers for the like full-time salary or whatever. And uh, the problem with freelancers is that as soon as your product starting to grow and you need not just, you know, one designer and two developers mm -hmm. and you need like you you need the real team it's very hard to build team from freelancers i explain you why well uh ex imagine you the kindergarten and kids and they're running all mm -hmm. the way and you're trying to catch one and while you're catching one the second one is already escaping well that's about freelancers mm -hmm. i'm not telling that freelancers are bad but they are not they are single people who like let's call it like this they don't have much interest in, in working in the team with other freelancers who you hire. I'm not telling that's impossible. Obviously, there are a lot of great people who can communicate with each other, all of that kind of thing. But again, imagine kindergarten. Mm -hmm. It's also possible to make kids, you know, playing together. That's possible. But well, suddenly one of your freelancers got depression because of post-COVID or whatever shit, mm -hmm. and that's it. And like, and you already have the problem of of substitution it. So you already you always have this problem of forming the team. Vice versa, you don't have tax expenses. You don't have uh, every everything that you have in the you know when you hire employees, right? Yeah, so uh, I I think that most people go for freelancer because it is like for now, on my opinion, it is one of the most cheapest option because yes. freelancer you can hire really really cheap comparing within house and within next model like of outsourcing which yes. we will discuss. Yes, so. that's completely true. But again, like when you grow. Uh, well, that may not work. So you can use freelancer only for some kind of, you know, um, dot, dot work. I, I don't know is right. You know, some part of work, but not for the for the whole, uh, you know, like big planning, like mm -hmm. long road, right? So, and the last one is like outsourcing model. And here you need to understand that there are also two 
types of outsourcing like it's called offshore and nearshore nearshore it's when you hire someone in like in your own country mm-hmm. so uh, like you have uh, I don't know, you live in New York and you need software development. So what does it give to you? And by the way, it's given to you in the both options. So the only difference is like location. In the near shore, uh, the people with who you work, they working with you in the same lo- in the same location, like in the same most probably time zone, but that's different company who doing the software development for you with your requirements. The offshore, it's, well, it just actually everything the same, they're just from different countries. So you live in New York and your outsourced developers can be from Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is totally fine. And now what problem you may got with this outsource problem? Well, the time zones. And by the way, this problem uh, for those who don't see is I actually use brackets because it's everything that can be, uh, you know, uh, can be overlap. You can, you can go through it without any problems. That just depend of uh, those uh, people with who you work and you're willing to do in that, right? But like, common problem like the time zone. Well, okay, let's speak about New York and Ukraine. In case you start working in 9 a.m., that's mean that you have at least five hours which you can work together. That's more than enough, I believe. Let's speak about the money. Um, outsourcing to Ukraine again, that's much more cheaper. And any other actually countries out of, if you're talking about the US. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, who is not from US, guys, don't think that uh, it's not cheaper, it's still. Again, I'm talking about Ukraine because we are Ukrainians. Quality is really high quality. I mean, it's moreover less risk. You can focus on your business, like on your main business. In case we're doing you the software development for, I don't know, printing studio. Our best example, you have the printing studio and we do the software for you. Well, focus on the printing. Mm -hmm. We will do the rest, which is very important. You don't care about, uh, you know, someone got depression and and, and quit. No, that's company who you hire. Think about that. And... uh, Again, this is not the kindergarten. Like, it's like a school, you know, people are kind of more mature and you already have teacher mm-hmm. who, help, <laughs> who help you to manage them, right? Someone, so like that's company responsibility to manage them. This mm-hmm. is the main advantage so that you get. So you have less headache, uh, you have yes. less management. Still lower thing. price, less with the freelancers, but more certainly in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Well, still lots of companies lots of different people you need to find the right partner and how to do it we will tell you in our next record yeah and to finish our today topic i would like to ask our new friend linky to set us some interesting statistic linky please tell us according to mckinsey and university of oxford research half of all large it projects defined as those with initial price tags exceeding 15 million massively blow their budgets. On average, large IT projects run 45% over budget and 7% over time, while delivering 56% less value than predicted. Software projects run the highest risk of cost and schedule overruns. Did you hear that? I mean, that's enormous. Guys, thank you for listening to us today. We will bear with us for the next time. And bye. Bye-bye.